0: We have a really special episode lined up for you this week, Cash Chasers. We discussed in last week's episode what an exciting time it is to be a whiskey fan as we witness the progression of a revolution that is occurring in the industry. At the forefront, we see a growing number of TV shows, short films, and documentaries capturing the essence of what goes into your favorite glass of scotch or bottle of bourbon. One film, The Water of Life, takes us into some of Scotland's best-known distilleries and more than a few hidden gems to explore each distiller's quest to create the world's best whiskey. On this episode, we have the producer and cinematographer of the Water of Life film, Brad Kenyon, to discuss filming the movie, their experiences traveling around Scotland, and how taking a love for whiskey and turning that into beautiful art is not only for the distillery, but also for the big screen. Support so dram and settle in. This is the Cash Chasers Podcast. All right, welcome, Cash Chasers. Welcome to the Cash Chasers podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us. And uh, as always, we have Mr. Bobby Bird here. How's it going? And Mr. Aaron Pross. Hey guys. And I'm Scott. And thank you for joining us. As always, we appreciate everyone out there who's always listening and uh, interacting with us on social media. And this week is a special week because we have a guest calling in. And our guest this week is a producer, director, and cinematographer right from our area. He is also the co-owner of Aurora Films in Lancaster, PA. You can see his work in such pieces as the short film, 57 Sunny Days, Another Harvest Moon, and Buchanan's America, A Nation Divided. But most recently, he's producer and cinematographer for the upcoming whiskey documentary, Water of Life. Nice. So please welcome to the Cash Chasers podcast, Mr. Brad Kenyon. Pleasure
1: to be here, guys.
0: Yeah, we really uh we're really excited to have you and we're really excited to talk about a your uh, your, your your filming history and, and some of your experiences but uh, also the uh, the water of life documentary which sounds amazing. The coolest name first off. <laughs> oh, god, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, be- before we uh, get into that, we always start off with a tasting. And uh, graciously Brad is offered to join in with us. So Brad, what are you drinking today?
1: Well, I heard you guys were uh, working with a LeFroig, So I, uh, pulled out, uh, my favorite Lefroig is a LeFroig 15 year old, but living in Pennsylvania, I, I can't find it anywhere. And so I, I really kind of keep that on my shelf. So I pulled out a a purchase, which is uh Gaelic for friendship, I believe. Uh, but it's a cast strength quarter cast Lafroig, and, uh, just, uh, figured it would uh, go well with what you guys were opening.
0: That's perfect. Yeah, we we actually have a Lafroy here as well, Bobby. You, uh, or is this Aaron's? Yeah, Aaron, this one's that, it's Aaron's. Yeah,
1: yeah, this one's mine. Um,
2: I I this is the this is Lafroy Select. So this is going to be a little bit less expensive, or uh, just a, a touch easier on the wallet than more or less any other Lafroy that you're going to come across. Um, a lot of people have you know the ten. As their go-to, um, this one's going to be ten to fifteen dollars less expensive than that one. Um, still going to give you a punch of that peat, a punch of that smoke. Um, but to me, it's not going to be as as full as a lot of your other Laphroaigs.
3: Well, he's drinking the Cast Strength too, and this right. is a, this is forty ABV. So I'm going to be curious to know. Well, I kind of know, but where the peat comes in,
0: you know, how how we vary from one another. Yeah, great great
2: point. Yeah. yeah
0: uh shall we dive right let's into it yeah
2: let's have a let's have a nose right, in a taste. brad
0: thanks for joining us cheers to you let's
3: cheers. do a little taste all a sip
1: yeah cheers
0: so
3: what i like about lafroig is the brine
0: i love yep. well that's your isla but sure. i mean i mean you get you can tell exactly the influence of
3: the area mm-hmm. right? yeah it's it's first on that note um but light peat
1: on ours
0: yeah how about you brad what do you what are you getting
1: well, I'm getting a lot of tobacco and uh, mm. a little bit of mm. mint. I mean, the ABV on this is 57.2, Beautiful. so it's definitely cast strength. And uh, I recommend, like you guys usually say, you know, try it neat and then put a little bit of water into it. Uh, you know, a lot of, I, I find that a lot of people in America particularly uh, aren't used to putting water in their whiskey, uh, but it's, it's what you do to just sort of bring out uh, the notes, uh, so that you can really taste what the whiskey makers were doing.
3: We have that conversation Depending a lot with people. Yeah,
0: I mean it's always, especially I feel like it's more
1: more of a an
0: apparent thing with the Islay's, because they are so can be so overpowering sometimes. Um, but the uh, the change is what we usually note from uh from straight up to a little bit of water in it well if you drink it in scotland
3: and i'm, I'm sure you can you know speak to this they commonly put water and it's a, it's a yeah. fight over here to get people to put water in sure, there they think it's a some yeah, like a sin or something, yeah I but
2: think. no
1: it actually does a lot for the whiskey so i think i think right, the, the, bourbon, the bourbon drinkers usually go right for ice too and yeah. so yeah it's a different conversation it's a different uh it's a different animal really we don't want picketers at our door, so
3: we right, we, right. we do our best to stay away from how people drink their whiskey. But uh, That's right. That's you know, true. ten pounds of ice—I don't know, I don't know.
2: <laughs> so one thing I'll say about the um, the one that the one that we have here with us, again being a lower price point, non-age statement, um, a lower ABV than than you've got over there. Um, you're you're really only going to get sort of the the primary flavors that you're expecting from an Isla with the one that. Um, with the one that we have here, your, your peat, your smoke, uh, briny, salty, that sort of thing. And that's kind of going to be it. You know, it's only a couple dimensions to it. Um, mouthfeel, not really anything too, too spectacular, but you know, for a, for a, what I, what I call a bargain whiskey, you know, this is, this one, this one's pretty good. Uh, what, what are, what are, what are you getting on the, um, on the mouthfeel and that's, and just sort of depth and different flavors, uh, from the, from the one that you're drinking over there.
1: Well, I, it's it's definitely uh, a cast strength. I mean, I'm getting uh, a little bit of mint uh, in it. Not a lot of honey, uh, but it definitely is a Laphroaig. Um mm. uh, it, it, I'm curious what you guys think as far as, like, you know, the 10. The 10-year is, is their staple, you know, and people are probably able to get that uh, more readily. The 8 and uh, the 10, like, yeah. Well, the 10 for me is... is Pretty quick and, and and nice and it's something that I'll always have. It's the same thing with art bag. I'll I'll grab that and uh, just have it on my shelf as something that's really drinkable. Um, but this carchess is is uh, it's it's pretty heavy as far as its uh its alcohol content and it's it's nice.
3: So I like I I like a heavily I like a cast finish. I do. Um sure. you know, abalore space side cast finish are great yeah. for me. Um, a lot of cast finish or bourbon finish, same difference. Um, bourbons are nice for me. I, I don't tend to go that way with your peats because it's it's just a lot on the palate. Um, and I like a peat, like I'm a Kalila fan, which is um, which is a good, one of my favorite Islas, if not my favorite. I think the peat comes later. And with Lafroy, I, I don't mind it, but it's first. Yeah, especially it in the really, tone.
2: really kicks you in the head, it for show, sure.
3: It's the first thing you get. And I like it on the nose. I don't know that I want it right up in my face sure you know i like it a little lighter and friendlier
0: i will say that uh, across all the different brands of LaFroy, i I feel like the peat and the smoke is is fairly consistent they're aggressive yeah i mean it's uh, they don't shy away from it it is what it is that's Lafroy, right they don't they're not scared of it they put it right up front and across all the different brands um and it's noticeable from the two that we're drinking right now it that's what they do. What got you, what was your first, I know
3: again, in reading, you kind of came into, um, you you had a different point of view of coming into, you know, your Isla whiskeys versus now, where did you start at
1: Brad? Oh, sure. Well, I, my, whiskey journey type of thing. I grew up in Kentucky, so I grew up as a bourbon drinker. I'm very familiar with uh, Legally? With yeah, well, yeah. do they and, have whiskey uh,
2: there in Kentucky?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And uh, went into wines for a while, so I, I have a wine history. But then, uh, you know, when you open a bottle of wine, you've got to basically drink the whole thing. So moving into whiskeys was, uh, especially Scotch whiskey, uh, was just a real eye-opening experience for me because I could keep a bottle for years and just really uh, uh, Have a story with it share it with people But when I first started with uh, peated whiskeys, a friend of mine gave me a bottle of Laphroaig And I opened it and I I just I hated it. I couldn't I I thought it was medicinal You know, I just really couldn't get my head around um, You know what the appeal was Uh, and then you know, after a while you you revisit something, you know, you, you start to get those synapsal things moving in your brain. And it went from being medicine to a campfire for me. Nice. And so when I started to really visualize some of the the places where the stuff is made and, and really get the visualization behind what I was nosing, uh, it was a completely different experience. And, uh, Isla is just a, a mecca for me now as far as like going and experiencing whiskies and It tastes different uh, I there. I just love peated did, yeah. did, did
3: you find – it's kind of – because I've, I've been one of the few lucky people that have gotten to go there that don't live there. And tasting whiskey there, smelling the water and everything in the, the environment just changes it, makes it better. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, because you can really – you start to say, okay, well, this is the – I can taste the briny ocean notes off of this, or it really takes you back. Uh, uh Kilhoman is a, a really good Isla whiskey, peated whiskey. They, they, um, they have a really nice, uh, line of their whiskeys that are affordable. Uh, but th- they have a, a real sense of earthiness, or, uh, you know, you get some of the, sh- the, the oyster water, uh, rocky notes. And, uh, my favorite, uh, Isla whiskey is the Port Charlotte. Mm, beautiful. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, I just uh, the Isla barley and what they do with that, and and you know we'll talk about it later. But my experience with the film and getting to know the Bruichladdich brand and the people and the transparency and the stories really just sort of brought that brand to life for me. And of course, Octomore. Uh, so, just uh, love when you get child into the of Jim. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. It's just exciting stuff, and you, it, and it's all from the same ingredients, and you get such a different flavor profile. Uh, it's exciting.
3: Well, we're excited about the film. I mean, hearing about it and reading about it, and I reached out to Greg, and uh, I saw it all, and you know, kind of coming up in the world and w- the, the new age of documentaries coming up. It was exciting, and I mean, to be able to talk to you firsthand, we're pumped.
0: Yeah, we really, we really are. Uh, we really do appreciate you joining the show. So let's let's dive into it brad uh, first off because we appreciate you so much being on the show we don't want to overshadow uh, some of your prior work and so tell us a little bit about what led you to, to uh filmmaking and uh and how you got to, to today
3: sure
1: sure i mean life history uh yeah <laughs> yeah right i mean i've been playing with cameras since high school right uh i i love cinema uh uh, I've always been enamored with it, and I just feel lucky enough to be working in the industry. Uh, we have a company called Aurora Films. Uh, we're, we're based in Lancaster. We have two uh, locations. We have a soundstage. We have a post-production. We're a full-service production company, which means we script, shoot, edit. Mostly corporate pieces. Uh, we kind of take a documentary approach to our style at times, but, uh, every project's different. So we have a really great group of artistic people that, uh, it's all really a big team effort, but we have sets, we have actors, we have, uh, uh, you know, just the whole gamut. And, uh, I just feel lucky to just still be doing it. And, uh, I worked with Greg, you mentioned Greg, Greg is the director of uh, water of life. He and I, have known each other well over 25 years and uh, he moved out to Los Angeles and we've always kept in touch and and thrown each other projects to keep each other busy uh, outside of our normal businesses, which are all in production. And uh, one time I was out in um, in Milwaukee, uh, Greg was really into beer at the time. And he, anytime uh, he would go to a bar, he would pull out his app and, and log <laughs> in his the beer and and we, what a been,
2: nerd, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. And, uh, but like I was, uh, I was into scotch, uh, started to get into the scotch realm at that point, And I was out in Milwaukee, which is kind of like beer Mecca. And he, he was actually in Scotland, uh, on a business trip and was, uh, walking around taking some whiskey tours and we were texting each other and he's just like, man, we've got to make a movie about this. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Right. You know, I would love to we both love it. We, it's everything about us. So, um, so he kept bringing it up. He's like, "No, we really have to make this movie." And I'm like, "Okay, well, you know, we have to get it funded. We have to do all this stuff." And I'm in if you're in. And so we, uh, he really, to his credit, he got a bunch of uh, talented people together to uh, get the momentum started, to get the funding started, to greenlight the project. Um, we partnered with our companies to to make it. Uh, he and I spent two weeks out, uh, traveling all over Scotland with a, with a camera, just scouting and getting to know the people that we were going to talk to because we just didn't want to show up with a a crew and be, uh, disrespectful of the people's work environment and, uh, and the story. So we, uh, Greg actually, before we started principal photography, uh, worked for a week in a Glasgow distillery, uh, rolling barrels around and, and just, Just to make sure that we're that we were completely calibrated and and, uh, not coming in as, uh, you know, asking the wrong questions. And we, you know, we started to formulate what the the whole film is going to look like and and feel like. And we we started by defining what it wasn't going to be. So we wanted to make sure that, okay this wasn't going to be a travel log about. You know, when you're in Scotland, you go here or anything like that. We wanted to tell real stories about some of these people uh, that work, live and breathe uh, scotch whiskey.
3: One of the so. things we one of the things we talk about in the, a couple of our episodes and when I talk to people, what I love about Scotland and scotch whiskey is it's a community thing. And they build these distilleries, you know, within the community and not the other way around. The communities around the distillery they work there they breathe Absolutely. there it's it's their grain they're their farmers and everything it's it's artistic to people think it's just another company producing a product but there's an art form there and i think that's beautiful i think it's cool how you guys went in first to just kind of ingrain yourself and then um and then you know obviously film
1: yeah. We spent a total of seven weeks over there. Uh, but the, uh, after the first two is funny because we, we started shooting and I think it was either spring or, uh, summer and, and Greg kept saying, you know, this isn't Scotland. He he spent some time in Scotland, uh, in college or, uh, earlier. And he's like, this isn't Scotland. It's, it's beautiful out and it needs to be raining. It needs to be, you know, it needs to look like, uh, look like how I feel Scotland is. And and I was like, yeah, but the cameras really like sunlight, <laughs> you know, and they don't like <laughs> rain. So, so, uh, but you know, his vision was dead on. We wanted to really, uh, get the, that water that's coming off of the barrels in the rain and the, uh, just to really kind of get the beauty of the, the, I don't know, the, it's such, it's treacherous, right? Scotland is treacherous. If you, you're driving on the roads, uh, you could, basically go off a cliff at any moment and the locals would go, yep, yep. Yeah, that's what happened. You know, it's, it's just a, it's a beauty to that, that, uh, we all fell in love with and it shows in the product that you, you mentioned that every one of these communities have their own identity, uh, with the whiskeys. And, uh, we got to taste some of the best whiskies in the world and the oldest whiskey in the world. We got to do mm-hmm. a 75 year old Mortlock. <laughs> wow. uh, which, oh, that's right up Aaron's alley. Right. I love the Mortlock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, we were we were very uh, welcomed from like everyone. We, we were surprised at how everybody was like, yeah, come on in. I mean, Belvi- Belvini actually flew somebody in from Paris to walk us around, and uh, and just everybody was very gracious.
2: So uh, to to that to that point, Brad, um, we have noticed um, just in our circle. We started as a you know just a couple guys getting together to you know try whiskey um, with each other. Um, to starting a Facebook group and now a podcast and live recordings and everything. I've experienced this and I, I, from what you're saying, it sounds like you've experienced this as well. I feel that the whiskey world, the whiskey community, a is very small and B there's some of like the best, most welcoming people in the entire world. Did, did you, did you come across that as well? Cause I, I feel like in our, in our realm over here, Everybody's like, "Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, let's do this." You guys want to come on a distillery tour? Awesome. You want to have us on a podcast? Awesome. I just feel like there's just so much welcoming. C- can you speak to any of that that you may have experienced?
1: Uh, absolutely. I think you're dead on there too, because like l- looking at just the community of Isla, right? Uh, there was, uh, uh, you know, the, we were there when they opened Ardenho, which is the the ninth distillery uh, on the island, and the whole idea of even the, the whiskey that I'm drinking, the carchus, it means friendship, right? there's not animosity between these distilleries. They're, they're not like protective with their brands or marketing in a way that disparages the other. Right. So it's all like one community. It's a lot of times uh, the people that work there though, Oh, well my brother works over at Lefroy. Oh, well my aunt works at Ardbeg, you know? And so it is just a very welcoming, uh, uh, non disparaging kind of uh world, especially on a small Island. But, the world of whiskey in general with, uh, with Scotland, there's a lot of pride, but there's a lot of, uh, uh, access that we were amazed. Uh, like we got in with, uh, uh, you know, like Gordon McPhail, they were, they were very, uh, 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 welcoming. They brought us in, they let us try a, a, a bottle of whiskey that is 30,000 pounds, you know, for a oh, bottle. Wow, Yeah. And, and so we were just uh, just observing, uh, trying to take in an, uh, the struggle that all these, uh, you know, there's only a few companies in the world that own most of these whiskey companies. So the the whole idea of, uh, of surviving in that climate and standing out with their marketing uh, and trying to, you know, everybody's got the longest this or the, you know, the biggest worm run or something like that. But they all get into the marketing speak. But when it comes down to it, they're all friends.
3: We did an episode on regions, and um, we talk about regions a lot, just for the sake of mapping and helping people understand where different things are. But they don't care as much over there about what's supposed to taste like, what, where, and um, you know, Jim McEwen. You know, we you talk about him in the film. I I believe I'm sure you've he's he's a celebrity over there. But his idea is just whiskey. And how do we make it good? How do we source a good product? And how do we keep the tradition alive? Um, Kentucky is the same way here. You know, you get good bourbon, but people are doing amazing things elsewhere. And there's no animosity to your point. And um, I thought, God, I think
1: it's beautiful. Well, I think you know you need to understand just like wine, you need to understand the regions of it. like with wine. If you understand France, you understand where all of the varietals in the world where they come from and things like that. I always knew going into Scotch whiskey that uh, once I understood the geography that I would start to understand it's where the whiskeys are when I'm introducing to people uh, a new whiskey or trying to pair something with a a certain meal or anything like that. So I think it's important to understand geography uh, of, of Scotland for that main reason so that you enjoy it better especially when you're talking to people that are just getting into it or if they don't like you know there's a lot of people that will just write off scotch and say you know i i just don't like it and you're like well try this oh what's this well this is scotch it's 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 not what you you thought it was just because it's peated whiskey um you know there's a lot of finesse and and fine-tuning that goes into the regions you know uh i think the you know with the sherry casts and everything, it's it's all part of the the conversation, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about the uh, from a cinematography standpoint. You, we were talking about the you know uh, going capturing the feel of Scotland, right? And and how it's not really meant to be a bright sunny day. It's usually raining and a little overcast. But did you notice when you were filming? Uh, as you traveled around, were there different feels to the, to the, uh, to the different regions and from a, from a filming perspective, how did you attack the different regions?
1: Well, it's funny. Uh, when we started doing our research, I started watching anything I could find on Scotland and, uh, and, and whiskey. And I would notice a lot of, uh, uh, of documentaries that were shot on Isla and the camera was moving. And I'm like, okay, it's really windy there. I need to be <laughs> prepared for winds, right? And so um, the terrain is the terrain, and, and you try to capture it uh, with – anytime you're driving around, it's sort of like, okay, just stop. Look at that. I mean, every morning we were like – we were in Isla. Uh It was kind of a running joke because I don't know how many sunrises we got uh, – <laughs> Off of the off of the uh, water there, but every morning we'd all start to wake up and do our breakfast and and Greg would say, gee, I wish we had a cameraman here that could <laughs> just see this beautiful sunrise. And we're like, well, we have five of them, but sure, you know, and, but like everyone was different. And it, 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 so every day had a different microclimate, you know, and that's part of the character of whiskey itself. Yeah, it it absorbs that, uh, you know, those fluctuations in the weather.
0: Yeah. So when you guys went out there, before you guys went out there, I should say, um, did you, did you know what the, the kind of like the plan of attack was, or was it more, we're going to, uh, take it as it comes and, and, uh, keep, take it for what it is, or did you really have a plan and stick to it?
1: Uh, well, no, that was the two weeks that, Greg and I went just by ourselves. Uh, We brought a camera just because that's what you do when you're making a documentary. Uh, And uh, we, we would go under the even. And like, uh, we're like, Hey, you know, we're just, we want to introduce ourselves. And, and, you know, John Campbell, who is the the lead distiller there. He just, he, he was came over, shook her hand. He said, you know, you got a camera, roll it. So, you know, that type of access and uh, where we didn't want to intrude, but, we started to get the lay of the land and, and figure out like, okay, when we're here, what, what lighting gear do we need? Uh, for example, you know, the, these distilleries, they're, they're full of ethanol. And, and so like you can't just turn a light on you, are oh, no. not really going to blow the distillery up. You're going to blow the town up. And so, you know, there's little considerations there to figure out, okay, who, you know, what, what kind of crew do we have? Uh, if it's raining, Uh, how do we, where do we go? What do we do? And then, uh, you know, Trevor, who was our, our producer, uh, on there would find us places to stay and, and we would all just, uh, work as a team, uh, to really try to get, um, you know, the story, the story did evolve as we were going through. Right. And so Mm -hmm. as any documentary story does, uh, and one of the things that I really kind of, uh, learned, throughout this i might be jumping ahead here but uh is the importance of independent bottlers in the uh, in the world of whiskey it never really kind of dawned on me that I, I knew that like the johnny walker blends and things like that they were all grocers uh, and that's how they kind of survived over the years but this symbiotic relationship that these independent bottlers have in downtimes as well as what they're doing to experiment with other whiskeys uh, so whiskeys that are big slow moving boats like uh Bowmore for example you know it's a, uh, it it's a beautiful classic whiskey oh. but sh- sure they add you know, the people today with the idea of transparency from a consumer standpoint are like okay what, what's with the E150 and what's with the this and that but I really like your whiskey but why are you doing this and and so we didn't want to really get into that so much but like it's it's interesting what the independent bottlers are doing. They'll they'll take this whiskey and they'll barrel it themselves, and so you can actually have something that's a you know a, a five year old whiskey that doesn't have any color in it, and one that does, and enjoy them both, but just understand that there's a difference in the way that they were uh, you know brought through to the end product.
0: Yeah, that's an amazing perspective, and that's kind of the, the basis of, of my question and why I was curious just how much. You know, uh, how how much happens on the fly? Because, you know, I can imagine as you come across these independent distilleries and you start to, um, you know, see the see the the culture and everything that you're like, oh, we have to capture this. This is exactly what we're trying to, you know, embody in this film. So that's why I was curious how much of that happened. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it happened. uh, We had a basic outline. And we had, uh, but it was more of a theme of, uh, the spirit of, uh, of these, you know, I know the term is thrown around a lot, but master distillers, right. But they, sure. it's really what they are. They're craftsmen, uh, men and women that, that really love the craft, uh, of whiskey making. And so we would start to follow, uh, certain people, the Jim McEwans, right. The Billy Walkers, mm-hmm. um, Legend. you know, and, you know, and, uh, Dr. Rachel Berry and, um, David Stewart, and, and how he's passing on his, uh, the reins to, uh, Kelsey and like the whole, these little stories that are coming out, it's just like, it's, it's endless. So it's, it's very tough to tell, uh, uh one story about Scotch whiskey.
3: I, what I love about whiskey in general is the story. And I think, you know, you'll hear a lot of, you know, American distilleries, you know, buy or utilize a story to sell the product. Scotland has that ability to have a story and it's real and it's rich and we buy into the story. Uh, we were lucky enough to, uh, I was lucky enough to do a tasting for uh, Pender and a Welsh, the, the first, I think, Welsh whiskey. And they have a really cool story and I think stories are important. I think that's why we like the documentary aspect of things is what's the story? What's the richness of of why they're doing what they want? and or what they're doing i also think that what's cool is and what i would hope to gather from what you guys are doing and what you've done is why should we believe in what they're doing and why their people i mean you're in there you know from the i assume from the um from the coopers all the way up they believe in what they're doing right they they're they're it's not just a job it's an art form it's a it's a you know it's a it's a canvas for them. And what's the next step and how stressful and
1: beautiful that must be. I, you know, and the one really thing that that I think is really cool is that a lot of these people, they know that they're just sort of cogs in a wheel that, that, that that's forever going right. Because this is a product that sometimes they're making whiskey that's going in a barrel that they know that by the time it's open, they might not be alive to taste it. That's That's crazy and true. Right. And so it, there's a beauty to that where there's just, a, a, you know, a, a pride that goes into it. And and on the other end, too, to be in the middle of it where, uh, you know, with with Gordon McPhail, like they they opened up a, a, a barrel that was put together in what, 1938. And so their grandfather or great grandfather, I forget which, you know, put it in there with the sole intent for them. And so it's, that that's the romantic aspect, I think, of whiskey. That why it's brought out at special occasions. Why there's stories behind it. You know, every wedding, funeral. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's whiskey that, that comes out and to watch well to watch
3: somebody do a shot of whiskey. And nothing wrong with doing a shot. We've all been there. But sometimes a good whiskey, you, you just. It's, and you, you know, especially, you've been there. You've been in the distillery. You feel for them, and you watch somebody not treat.
0: Them. Yeah, it's almost like they're missing out. Yeah, it's the appreciation of right. it. And and the the one thing you said that man just resonated with with me right now is some of them may not be alive to see the the product, and it's that is their legacy. Almost. I think it's three. I think I think what is it? Um, they won't see
3: the. I saw, I don't remember what I read about it. They won't see the third generation of what they created. They just won't see it. Yeah. And, Mm. you know, your sour mashes here and things like that, they won't get that experience. Here's
0: the interesting correlation to what we're talking about right now, right? We're talking to, you know, a filmmaker who, 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 you know, uh, Brad, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I always feel like, you you watch a, a filmmaker pour their heart out into this project and that project lives on forever right and the same thing with these distillers it's like that is their legacy that's this they're telling a story that will will surpass ages uh, and it this that's why they pour their heart into this is because in in some way this is their this is their legacy. They're all they're. they're I want, always be attached to that. I want and need this
3: documentary to be important and big. <laughs> and I, I do because yeah. I want people to see that. And sometimes I'll I'll get a bottle of whiskey. I have, I have cheap whiskey. I have expensive whiskey. I've been. We're in a whiskey. Our situation. We're given like you. We're given whiskeys that people will never get to taste. And I have whiskeys right. that I won't open. Not because I won't open it. Because I'm scared for it to go away. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want it to, I want to hold it and never lose it. And I'm thankful for people like you that are willing to kind of put this in film and put this on, you know, in the, in the media where people can revisit it and, and experience and, and be, um, I don't want to. I don't want to use the word. There's a zeitgeist right now. I hate words like that, but it's true. <laughs> he there's, gets that
1: word right. Yeah. Let me just <laughs> let
3: me just stop and mention that. He gets Brad, yeah. I have a thing where I I mix and I make up words, but that's a real word. I, there's a zeitgeist right now with whiskey. There's a new generation and an old generation coming together, and they and this, I love what's happening right now. Our podcast and our group is only as successful as it is because of that. Your documentary is going to be successful because of that. Um, and I think it's beautiful. I think there's generations here that are willing to jump on board with, with what's happening and be a part of it. You're Jim McEwen, who, who resurrected, I don't know if that's the right word, I don't, but but Bruschlatti. I mean, I think that's what that's he did. Exactly right? the right word. Um, think, yeah. You know, resurrected yeah. Bruschlatti. I think he has a generation behind him that's going to do the same thing, and I think that's amazing.
1: Yeah, uh, it's fun. It's fun too. Uh, you know, uh, I I love podcasts about uh, about whiskey. You know, and uh, uh, there's times when uh, Greg and I were on different sides of the country, right? He's in LA, and I'm I'm in Pennsylvania, and there's that time at the night. When uh, he he texts me, he's like tells me what he's he's drinking, and then I'll, and then I'll go back and I'll take a picture of my dram or something, and it's just that conversation that ties people together. That um, is really like this. We're in the middle of a golden age, I think, of whiskey, uh, and uh, it's uh, whether it's on the slope up or down or, or is is up for the history books
0: but brad i mean it sounds like even before this filming mean, uh you were you've been a filmmaker for a long time but it sounds like you've been a whiskey lover for equally an <laughs> amount of time is that is that accurate i mean that it wasn't just because of this documentary right
1: uh no i mean basically i i i've had a, a, a experiences with alcohol and and food and wine you know where we all eat and i just Really enjoy the, uh, the experience of popping open an amazing wine or and now an amazing scotch and be able to talk about it. The experience that I got with Water of Life film was great because it expanded my knowledge and my access to a whole world that I could never have gotten without podcasts or without being there. You know, there's whiskey festivals. Uh, if you're really into Isla whiskey, I would look at the Faschil. Uh, which is the the whiskey festival every year on an island it's just a, an experience to go and in fact at the end of the month uh, greg and I and, and some of the people from the, the crew are going to uh, Nuremberg oh, wow. to do a to, sh- to a whiskey festival and to uh, we'll show uh, special previews of the of the movie and uh, you know, we're really excited about it it's a it's a whole global commu- uh, a global conversation if you will
3: yeah, we hope. I mean, we we're missing the um, European premiere because of you know, <laughs> it's hard yeah. to get out there. But we're we're hoping to you know. I think uh, Greg told us there's one in Lancaster and or in the area at least, and we hope to be a part of that. We want to we want to make sure we get you guys rocking and rolling. Like you need our help. It's going to be amazing. People are looking. <laughs> people are like we're it. Yeah. People are looking for a documentary, yeah. but we you know we want to do our part. And you know that's kind of our. I think that's our. Um, That's our job as a podcast is to educate, to entertain. I mean, we're more than just a bunch of guys in a studio, you know, BSing. Well, that's what we do. Are we? But Maybe we're we're not. We're not. (laughs) But we also want to, you know, promote things like this and get it going. I want to ask what's, and I always find this interesting. This is a me question, and then I'll step away. Every time I dive into the world of whiskey, you know, visit a distiller, you know, when I went to Scotland, things like that, what's the one thing you learned that surprised you that you weren't? that that was something you thought i didn't expect that you know what i mean i know that's a broad question but something that just kind of stood out
1: i think i think the biggest thing that was uh surprising to me was the influence of independent bottlers uh and and what they do i've I've never really taken it like i'll I'll peruse the shelves and I'll, i'll see something uh that that looks interesting but uh you know just that that uh, relationship that they all have uh, with each other, I thought, I think is is just amazing. Uh, that was something that I really didn't know. And, you know, the whiskey itself, uh, you know, you start to, to really start to discover new whiskeys and uh, they really uh, resonate with you and you try to bring some back uh, and then you hold on to it till you see another bottle. Because right? they only uh, let
0: you bring like an ounce back, that's right? Uh, Brad, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, kind of in, in, wrapping up, I'm curious. Uh, so if you bookend your experience on this film, uh, what, can you tell us a little bit about how your perspective changed from the beginning of the film, you know, started the project to the end? Did, was there anything that really, uh, just opened your eyes or changed your perspective on the whole whiskey culture? I'm curious to see that progression, you know, was there something that just, you know, from the start of it, you, you, you had some perception and at the end you're like, wow, didn't know.
1: It's really the landscape and everything, you know, from, from America, you you start thinking about Scotch whiskey and, and, and it's really, uh, kind of one dimensional. It's a story that's, that's either you seek out, uh, people that know, or you're talking to a bartender that knows uh, just a little bit, right? And you, everything, everybody starts on their own little journey where they're they're gonna, okay, I'm gonna dish out seventy bucks for this bottle, and I'm not gonna know what it's what it tastes like, and just sort of get into that. Once I started to actually uh, a understand the geography, and then actually go and s- see the tours and and meet the people, and uh, really start to uh, get Connections in my mind of what I was nosing and that that whole slower process from of uh, sipping uh, uh, And talking about what you're smelling and what you're what you're experiencing is something that is I don't know. I don't want to say uniquely human, but uh, it's just it's it's really it's kind of nice to to communicate with other people about one product uh, and and watch somebody uh do a tasting online and and say and knows it at the same time and say you know what i i do taste that vanilla or i do uh get that wood wood note and uh so i I just have a better appreciation for this the spirits that that are produced uh from scotland and uh i just uh i collect it now it's like I have a huge collection, and I'm I'm trying to stop, but it's it's one of those things that do We're, we're, we're going to need your address, <laughs> and <laughs>
0: Lancaster's not that far away, right? That's uh, right,
1: <laughs> uh, Brad. No, I appreciate what you guys are doing too. I mean, because you're doing what you love, right? And uh, and that's what you have to do in order to to live a good life. And and you you're, right. you're getting a following of people that are just either they've been there or they're there or they're just jumping on board. And you know, what you're creating is the same thing as a whiskey. It's going to live online for, for, uh, you know, infinity. And, and so just to, you know, uh, be a part of it is, uh, exciting.
0: Yeah. And hey, we really, we really appreciate that, Brad. You know, I think as we, as we close here, I, in the beginning of the show, I kind of wanted to highlight your other work because, you know, you, you have been in the business for, for a while. And, um, you know, we we, we talked about the, uh, you know, some short films like 57 Sunny Days and uh, Another Harvest Moon. And, you know, uh, is there, you know, I wanted to kind of highlight some of your other work. Is there something that stands out to you? I know you have uh, Buchanan's America, which was uh, for the Lancaster History, um, which is, I guess, your most recent. Is that your most recent project?
1: It is. Uh, That was a documentary. It took about two to three years to produce. Uh, we live in Lancaster. There's a, a James Buchanan, uh, his has a, a house here. And uh, there's a, a Lancaster history group that, that um, uh, really does a great job uh, trying to tell his story. And it's not an easy story to tell. I mean, he's argumentally the second worst president we've ever had. And, yeah. and to, to have this kind of, uh, you know, un. Uh, adulterated story about him, uh, in a way that, uh, is entertaining is what I love to do. It's just to figure out what the storyline is. What we did for, for that is I, we collected, uh, six or seven, uh, top scholars, uh, from the East coast to talk about him. Uh, we interviewed him. We had several hours worth of, uh, narration and we willed it down to a 20 minute program and then did reenactments and mm-hmm. it, you know, it's a, it's just, it's another story. We have a lot of Buchanan
3: so. fans on here, so we're going to be careful. Wrong, <laughs> wrong. No,
0: that's the wrong one. You're talking about the whiskey. Oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> where, uh, where can we find Buchanan's America? Uh,
1: well, at Lanc- LancasterHistory.org. They have uh, – uh, is uh, it's not online anywhere. It's actually in there. They have a, th- a theater uh, that's um, at Wheatland, uh, which is the, the – the mansion where uh buchanan lives so if you look at lakesterhistory.org you'll be able to to see that my company aurora films uh aurorafilms.com if this is plug time do it do uh, it please do we do uh mostly corporate video uh uh, just means we don't do consumer-based stuff uh but um we take every project uh as a new uh challenge to tell a story and uh I just love doing what we're doing, and I love the people I'm working with. Uh, with Water of Life Film, uh, you can look at that at wateroflifefilm.com. Uh, for the Twitter, Instagram, it's at Water of Life Film, um, and Facebook, we're on Facebook, of course. Uh, but that is uh, something that uh, I'm really excited about uh, seeing get out into the world uh, and see how people uh, like it.
3: When when can we expect that film? I mean, I know the listeners are wondering where and when and how they're going to be able to watch the Water of Life. We're gonna we're gonna promote it like it's our job, so we want to be able Seriously. to tell them.
1: Well, I, I, this summer I could say for sure. I mean, uh, when we're in Nuremberg, we'll do special. It's we're not premiering it just yet. We're uh, showing it uh, to to uh, you know select groups. Uh, we're letting people tell us what they think of it. Uh, you know, sort of treating it. Uh, kind of like a focus group, but just uh, getting it out there to see uh, uh, what our vision matches to the whiskey world. And uh, the one thing that I think that uh, is pretty smart that Greg has done is he's got a lot of the w- uh, world famous whiskey writers and uh, bloggers like yourselves uh, to to pay attention to this. And it really, uh, it helps in the uh, spread of the, the word to get the, the story out so that People are just uh, hopefully entertained and intrigued by the whiskeys that are in it. Um, they'll feel like it's that they've learned something. that They've gotten access to uh, uh, some of these people that uh, have put their life uh, blood into their work.
3: That's amazing. That's amazing. Listen, Greg, we're not far. So, uh, you know, we're 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 in. Uh, th- we're in a few countries as far as our podcast and our group is concerned, but uh, w- uh, the three of us physically, we're not far from you. So we'd love to meet up with you and, you know, uh, talk a yeah. little more. Um, I know
0: there's a couple of breweries by your house, so I'm willing to go have a beer instead of whiskey. Is that sacrilege? We'll make the sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. And I think while you guys are out in Germany, I think Greg's going to uh, try and call into the show as well. So hopefully this isn't the last time we're talking. Uh, that would be talking. amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yes,
1: hey, Let me know when you're sound, guys. Uh, I I have a bar waiting for you.
0: Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Brad. What
1: are you doing in an hour and 15 minutes?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Brad, in all seriousness, we really do appreciate you joining our show. We appreciate your uh, your love for whiskey, just like ours. And uh, we, we can't wait to see this film. We can't wait to help promote this film. And... Uh, we just can't thank you enough for, uh, p- for, putting a spotlight on this.
1: Hey, thank you guys. It really means a lot to, to us, uh, to get this kind of, uh, uh, access, uh, to, to let people know about this story. And, uh, you guys are doing a great job. I, I listened to your live, uh, podcast, uh, uh, for the Robbie Burns thing. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, a it's a good thing that you guys are doing.
3: We appreciate that. Thank you. We really you. appreciate, we really appreciate that.
1: that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. We
0: can't thank Brad enough for coming on to discuss the Water of Life film and his general love for whiskey. There are so many great stories to be told in this film and an enormous labor of love that went into it, so we hope everyone is as excited as we are to finally get to watch it. A lot of exciting things are coming up for the movie, so be sure to check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Water of Life Film, or online at wateroflifefilm.com. For all of the updates and for that big announcement of a release date. You can also find updates for the movie on all of our social media outlets at Cash Chasers. We hope to bring you a lot more from the Water of Life team as the release gets closer, so be on the lookout. And as always, Cash Chasers, remember, it's not about finding the perfect dram, it's all in the chase.